and I think it's gonna be a long, long time till touchdown brings me around again to fight. I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. Rocket man burning out his fuse up here alone. Hi, I'm Winston, and welcome back to Vibe Check. In the series introduction, I mentioned failing as a student leader in secondary school. 16 years after the fact, I still cringe when I remember some of the things I did and said. The sheer hubris and immaturity. I didn't know what I was doing, and it showed. Since then, I've put so much more emphasis on leading by example. I have to be good at something before I deem myself worthy of leading or instructing others. This is non-negotiable to me. Of course, communication skills are something else that's necessary. Very few are capable of being a leader. A true leader, not just someone with the title of boss or manager. And sometimes, tough and unpopular decisions have to be made. It can get lonely. And much like the astronaut in Elton John's Rocket Man, that just means very few will appreciate you for who you truly are. And you'll be left to face burnout alone as the pressures mount. This is Vibe Check, mental health in the startup world, a tech in Asia podcast where I talk to startup leaders and mental health experts to see what I can learn from them when it comes to managing my mental well-being. In episode 2, I learned what it took to manage a mental health condition and to come back from the edge of oblivion. In this episode, you know, some of the rudest shocks happen after the greatest highs. And in the high stakes startup scene, that's the difference between having the world at your feet and absolutely nothing at all. I talked to Anywhere and PraisePel co-founder Zilia Leong, who had to make hard decisions as COVID-19 wreaked havoc on the travel industry and suffer the mental burden of doing so. Well, I kind of fell into entrepreneurship. It wasn't meant to be. I was from a corporate background. Mm. And then I did my master's at NUS and everyone was just talking about, you know, the usual corporate stuff. And I took a module on venture capital. And that was when I first heard about startups, whereby it's just a group of people who have no idea what they're doing, but figuring things out along the way and making things happen differently. Um, through innovation, through hard work, and you know, just trying it out. And I thought, hey, that sounds like it's what I've been looking for. Is it real? So that was when I heard about Rocket um, and joined. Ah, Rocket Internet of Lazada, Zalora, and Flash Coffee fame, among many others. And you know, when you have drinks with your colleagues, your friends, and you always say, hey, we should do this uh, idea. Or I have this idea. Hey, we should do this app. And one of those just became a company that we never stopped working on. Um, and that was Anywhere. Cooking up a trip with Anywhere, your recipe for a personalized vacation. To start off, you'll take a travel, a travel startup that planned people's holidays for them, not even revealing the destination and certainly not the itinerary till they were at the airport. Anywhere was a huge hit with travelers. I myself considered taking an Anywhere trip back in 2018 or so. So imagine people trust you with their life. 
with their trip. We had a couple who booked a honeymoon with us, like four weeks, and they only opened the destination envelope on their wedding dinner. Wow. So that was really amazing. And being part of the people that made it happen was great, right? Families who usually go on the usual like Taiwan Korea trips, we send them on journeys across Sri Lanka, um, safaris, tea plantations, and hearing those stories really felt um, amazing. And that was definitely the highlights that we still look back on even today. What are you waiting for? Whisk away on your customized journey with Anywhere. That went super well. We branched out to have um, travelers from around the world um, and sending them on really amazing journeys, right? To less traveled places. Um, we were working with Oxford University. We got a deal with Singapore Airlines and then we even raised uh, funding rounds and then COVID. Yes, and then COVID. Much like with many people's lives, the pandemic brought Anywhere's momentum to a grinding halt as leisure travel stopped entirely. So we were at the peak of um, the company where, you know, we had an amazing revenue number. We were at growth, growth that we can't meet demand and we were fundraising to expand then COVID. So we were like, holy shit, what are we going to do? And because we just raised a fresh round of funding, we thought that why not we just ramp up our internal operations, um, our partnerships, our tech, so that once this virus from China goes away in three months, we'll be at the peak of travel, right? So that was what we did. And our investors, um, some of them, you know, were supportive or most of them said the same thing. So we packed our bags, we went home to work remotely. And since we are all working from home, why not hire a global team to take advantage of global talent since we are a global travel company? So we hired people in different states in US, um, Scotland, India, Vietnam, Australia, Singapore, and we were all just working at home. And morale was extremely high um, because we were all making a difference, right? Researching, writing about unique travel stuff, having calls with people around the world to um, plan our trips better. But somehow there was a disconnect. We've been monitoring the virus outbreak in China very closely and taking proactive measures. Businesses are bracing for more COVID-19 border controls. Indeed, as we now know, three months was nowhere near enough time for things to return to normal. We will not be returning to the open and connected global economy we had before anytime soon. Movement of people will be more restricted. So when we realised that we could no longer continue with anywhere. And while looking for a pivot that became praise pal, I did question whether I was a failure. Were there, I mean, obviously with investor money burning, couldn't spend as much as you needed to and so on. Cuts had to be made, right? Could you describe the people cutting process? Oh yeah, we had to fire like lots of people, which really sucked. Um, the worst thing was when you had to, or we decided, you know, to meet our employees face to face for like a lunch and all and break the news to them. So that was the worst days of my life because we were going to fire them. So my co-founder and I had to, you know, have the last dinner or last lunch. And after that, we had to like nudge each other. Hey, you say, or I say, then we went somewhere for coffee and then we had to break the news. And it was just very upsetting and shocking. And to today, like when I walk past that cafe, I did the firing, I still have like PTSD. <laughs> um, no, it, it really, really sucked. Mm. Yeah. Were, were, do you think they were, the employees, were they expecting it or was it like a, you know? I'm not sure. Oh. I think a bit, yes. Like when we asked them, 
you know, yes, but not sure when will it come, how will it come? Because my co-founder and I, we tried our best to make something happen for everyone, right? But when push comes to soft, shove, then we have to um, just do what we had to do. Mm. What was the general reaction at the end of that coffee and then you break that news? <laughs> I mean, when someone fires you over a coffee because of a pandemic, how would you react, right? It's the same as how I would being on the other side of the table, you know, understanding that this is what needs to be done. And I think we are all very grateful that we understand each other and we support each other. It's not just a, hey, bye. Mm. You know, we make sure that you will be with us on a payroll till you find your next opportunity. What do you want to do? How can I help you? How can I connect you with the right people? And I think that helped them as much as it helped me um, feel better about this whole thing. So I definitely doubted whether the founder route is for me because after a while it's tiring, like going to a global pandemic, firing people. It's easy to retire from this, right? Return all the money. Like investors were saying, hey, you want to, what is your decision? And we're lucky that most of them supported us. They said, oh, just spin the wheel another time. Like we don't mind. We want to support you guys. And that helped a lot. This next spin of the wheel was seeded in the throes of Anywhere's decline. Amidst the shift to working from home, the team soon found that something was missing. You know, we can't connect with each other face-to-face. We can't have engagement. People's parents literally died of COVID. I can't say, hey bro, join a virtual drinks on Friday. Right, we tried Airbnb experiences where we did virtual tours. Like some of us, me included, fell asleep. (laughs) We sent like food to people's houses, bubble tea, we sent gifts. Being in Singapore, even shipping a notebook to US cost $60. So we did not know what to do. The answer involved going back to the basics. So we started a very simple like kudos channel on Slack where you could send recognition messages to each other. And that was really amazing. I never thought of the effect because, hey, my marketing intern could uh, thank my engineer in India. right? And I didn't know they were even working together. Or we could finally appreciate our content manager in US where she never could attend any of our town halls. This was very organic, yet it drove collaboration, appreciation, engagement. But again, after a few months, weeks or months, we realized it became stagnant because you can only thank people so many times before it loses its meaning. And they can only react with a heart emoji that many times or a party parrot. (laughs) So we gamified it um, by adding points So you only have a fixed number of points each month to give away with your recognition messages. Mm. So if you lose, you finish all your points, you lose it. So we add an element of scarcity Um, that really helped with engagement and building a habit. And um, with the points that you accumulate when people give you recognition, you can then redeem little rewards. So if you want like bubble tea gift cards, you know, or I could send um, my team in India flip card vouchers um, in US Sephora gift cards, everything. Still, it required a little prodding from another source before it occurred to Zelia that this was a viable business idea. And it was then that other founders, we were chatting. Back then, it was like phase one where we could dine in small groups. And we were talking about, hey, what are you doing? Because my entire team is in Indonesia. I'm stuck here. And when I shared this tool, all of them said, can I buy it? And that was when we decided to explore turning it into a pivot. Since then, besides um, startups, high-growth tech companies, we have um, global tech enterprises like TikTok, um, Lazada, and a couple others using us as well. And 
It's now Press Pal, and it's been a year. Maybe it's my Asian upbringing talking, but I've always been bad with gratitude, both giving and receiving it. The self-esteem issues I've talked about mean that I don't really allow myself to accept compliments, and it can sometimes feel a little bit embarrassing to thank someone too, um, mainly because I don't know how to do so without going overboard. I'm awkward like that. At Prisper, what we want to do is, because everyone wants to say thanks, right? If you do a good thing, your friends want to support you, um, but we often forget or we find it difficult, especially in you know how I was raised, a lot of my friends were raised, our parents don't really say, you know, I'm proud of you or thank you or like, I love you. But I'm sure they mean it or they feel it. But how do they express it? So we just make it easy for people to do it, accessible. So we make it a habit and help you to find new ways to appreciate each other and support each other because honestly, it's the small things like that that makes the most difference. While I'm glad that Zelia and her co-founder were able to make such a meaningful and successful pivot, what I really wanted to find out about was how she had been impacted on a personal and mental level. People don't throw the term PTSD out if everything was smooth sailing. So how did all of this, like uh, the, the, the forced, you know, semi-forced pivot and, uh, you know, moving from anywhere to, to praise Pell and then all this, having to let people go and all that. Obviously, that's really tough, just speaking from an organizational company perspective, but internally, yourself, in your head, in your heart, how did that change or affect you at the, at the time? It made me shut down a lot because you need to like be hard right to make all these decisions yeah so I think it was like shut off and just work or bury your head in like working and driving results so looking back it's really unhealthy and I've yet to process it I, I think I spoke to someone else who also felt like that you know there are some days some things where you just can't allow yourself to feel, so to speak. What, did you manage to find moments after that though, where you could just lift that veil and be a person, allow, allow yourself to feel again? And how was that? Yes, it's gradual. So like now, you know, when I walk past the cafe where <laughs> I did that, I feel it. No choice, right? You yeah. just feel it. Um, we still hang out. Like often, you know, we chat, we do like the usual stuff. But deep down, there's a little bit of guilt. Right? I, I don't think they think about it or I don't know if they maybe I should ask because um, I'm literally meeting someone from our team for coffee after this uh, but yeah we don't talk about this maybe because I'm afraid to hear what they say as she tells it it's a gradual process and she also had to unlearn some of the bad habits that the startup and tech scene used to and to an extent still does lionize it was just a hustle mindset Right, so I found myself working nonstop. It was nothing, I was just me and my bed and working. I did not even have bed sheets. Um, and even when I had a really high fever, I remember just staying in the office, sleeping in the office, which looking back is really unhealthy, not only for me, but with the team. And we took a lot of personal sacrifices, thinking that, hey, this is what a good founder should do. But that, those sacrifices also impacted our mindset, our psyche and the decisions we make that isn't very healthy. So again, the cliche of taking care of yourself first so you can take care of others, it's really true. Uh, okay, something I've found through speaking before the founders, uh, you know, for this podcast over the past few weeks, uh, one thing that everyone seems to bring up uh, as a problem they face is loneliness. Like they, they all feel like uh, it's just them against the world. Uh, could you, what, what, did you experience that or did having a co-founder help? Definitely. I felt a lot of loneliness. And then when I 
spoke with other founders, they say they feel the same. Mm. So like one of my good friends said recently, we can all be lonely together, <laughs> right? Because even if you have a co-founder, it's your own personal journey, your own friendships, your relationships, how you deal with it. And co-founders don't work on the same thing. That's why they work well together. I love to meet like founder friends or get introduced to other founders, no matter at what stage, because we always have those stories mm. and therapy. And we know that it's a safe space because we are the only ones that can understand each other. And another tip for me to keep in mind, Zelia actively leans on several different avenues to keep herself level. At PraisePal, you know, uh, besides a recognition channel, we have a check-in channel. Mm. And it's like, what have you done today? What are you proud of? What are your challenges? Or like any blockers or things you'd like to share. And you have to, or I have to remind myself to allow myself to be vulnerable when sharing, mm. to not just pretend everything's okay. It was meeting with one of my friends um, when I, his life seemed perfect, right? Like mm. I want to be like him when I grow up, honestly, mm. amazing career, happy family, seemed, everything seems to be great. And he's actually my role model. And when I was having dinner with him, he told me, you know, actually he's going through um, a divorce and a couple heart patches. Like, oh, so things are not always as amazing as it seemed. And he recommended a therapist. So what was that first couple of sessions like when you were just trying it out and then just starting? It felt refreshing, yet scary to be understood on that level. And I often find myself questioning, hey, is he just agreeing with me for mm. like, so that I will be a repeat <laughs> customer? You know, yeah, but anyway, it was quite nice. And I was very skeptical, of course. So I have a lot of questions to make sure and, you know, running a, tech startup I went in like hey what's our goals what's our KPI <laughs> at the end of three sessions how am I supposed to feel because I understand you don't have like an instant result or like, you know you become a different person overnight so what does success look like so I went in with all these and he was able to understand how I work and present it in my language which I really appreciate and that has been great well the um, revelations about yourself that you discovered through talking these things through with a therapist? Yeah, everything boils down to your parents. Oh. <laughs> this is basically every, every problem, right? I'm like, oh, this is a work thing. After like one hour and 200 bucks, oh, it's a parent thing. Um, yeah, so it helps me to internalize a lot and in a way rewire the way I process experiences. So you can't change things that happen, but you can change how you reflect upon them and feel when you think about them moving forward. So that has been really helpful. What else do you do to keep yourself uh, level you know, amidst all the, the stresses of just plain being a, a founder of a startup? I would say having a community or being able to have regular connections with people and bring people together just to hang out. You know, like a old grandma who just likes kids hanging around their house. Um, that's what I like. So having friends over, just hanging out, having dinner, like playing board games or just talking. That is really amazing to take a break and knowing there's more to life than work. Another is counting my achievements or what I'm grateful for. So every Sunday I feel extremely stressed because I've rest. I've taken a rest and I need to work. And oh, Monday is work. I need to hit this goal. So what I usually do is just have a checklist of things that I have accomplished and also a list of things I'm looking forward to doing so that I don't feel so stressed and all over the place. So when Monday comes, I just refer to that checklist for the rest of my week 
because things change and move really fast in startups. So that list helps to keep me grounded. So throughout this last couple of years of like massive challenges and starting a new thing, uh, what do you think you've learned about yourself? It is hard to describe how much I have grown over the past three years. But if I were to summarize, it's just that I've grown up. As a person, maybe having more self-awareness, being confident that I can do things right. Because in the past, the mentality was, hey, we don't know what we are doing, right? We're just like people in our early 20s trying to build a startup. But right now, after so many battles, um, failures, learnings, and successes, then it increases my confidence in what I'm doing, that I'm on the right path, coupled with the external validation from employees, from users, from customers. Um, we have leaders and tech companies who use us and now wants to join our team. So that is amazing. Um, for me to see how far I've come or we've come as a company. Throughout my conversation with Zelia, the thing I appreciated the most was how she didn't sugarcoat things. Her candidness to be able to acknowledge all that she's been through and how far she's come, while at the same time admitting that she hasn't fully worked through all the trauma, is something I try to practice each day. Self-awareness and forgiveness is important, even though it might take a long while for us to let go of past mistakes. So at this point of Vibe Check, I'd heard some incredible founder and personal stories. However, the fact remains that I've always been an employee. And as one, are there more or other ways for me to better manage my mental well-being? Can employers help more? People do look at an employer as... Um a provider of many different things. Uh, I think a job has many different meanings for an individual. It's not just about the income, mm. right? It also touches on self-esteem, self-worth. And, and so I think that's perhaps when I started to see that, wow, you know, actually a job means so much more to an individual that when it's no longer just about how much your salary is, what your job title, but it's also about the opportunity to create impact. In episode four, I talked to Joyce Lim, a HR lead at Grab, to find out more about changing employee expectations and what one of Southeast Asia's tech giants is doing to provide more holistic support to its employees, something I think every company should be doing. Vibe Check, Mental Health in the Startup World, is a podcast by Tech in Asia. Special thanks to PraisePal's Zila Leong for speaking with me. As mentioned, PraisePal helps firms set up a points-based system to recognize good work and reward employees. Do check them out. This is episode number three of five in this podcast mini-series. I hope my journey serves to inspire you as much as it does me. My name's Winston. Thanks for listening.